That's the song If Girls Ruled the World from the new album All the Ladies. It's the ninth children's album from New York City's own Joni Leeds. I'm George Borecki, and this is Cityscape. All the Ladies is a collection of 11 songs focused on gender equality, female empowerment, and breaking glass ceilings. It's my pleasure to welcome to Cityscape singer, songwriter, and mom, Joni Leeds. Joni, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much for having me. So the new album is called All the Ladies. What inspired you to create this album? I understand it all started during the 60th anniversary of the Grammy Awards back in 2018? Yes. Um, well, so the Grammys were actually in New York that year. And so I took my best friend with me. I was actually about two months separated from my now ex-husband at that time. So... I was basically teetering on having an emotional breakdown on the daily. So it was actually a really nice break to do something like this. And uh, my dad actually flew in from Miami to watch my my two-year-old at the time so that I could attend the ceremony. And, you know, it became rather evident um, as I was sitting there in the audience that there was an immense lack of female representation at that ceremony. Um, there's actually two ceremonies. Some people don't know that there's like a bigger ceremony at night that's televised. And then there's an earlier one for the majority of the awards. And that televised portion actually only had one female win that night. I believe it was Alicia Cara who won for Best New Artist. And, you know, because of everything that was going on in my personal life, I just, I was enraged and it was this perfect storm for me. So I started to, I took my, my cell phone out and I started to make some notes and I was trying to think of what I should do for my next album and it became crystal clear that I wanted to do something to empower women and to include women. And um, I mean, my ex-husband was my drummer and my band was all male. So I had some work to do and um, I wanted the change to start with me and I wanted to make sure that my next album would really um, it would include women, you know, from all diverse backgrounds, but not just performing and singing on the album, but the technical side too. The engineers, the producers. Even your photographer and your publicist, you wanted to make sure they were women. Yes, everybody, everybody. So I have a, I have a female publicist, I have a female booking agent. Um, I wanted to make sure that the person who did my hair, like everything. <laughs> and I think for the most part, um, we actually had all women included. There were a couple of guys that helped support the women from afar, like um, remote engineers that recorded the vocals of females, like for Lisa Loeb and Lori Henriquez. Um, but Besides that, I would say it's like 99.9 .9 women. Talk to me about the work that went into identifying these women and putting it all together. Sure. Um, well, first, I'd love to go into a little bit about the stats, if that's okay, because that's really how I included all of these women to begin with was, you know, I mentioned at the Grammys, um, I wanted to make a, f a full female slate, but... Um, on the, the technical side and the performance side, it really wasn't until months later, I read this um, Annenberg in inclusion initiative. And I don't know if you're familiar with it um, at the time. It, I guess it was maybe eight months or so after the Grammys, something, something around that. That's when I really got to work. So the Annenberg report, it includes gender, race, ethnicity of artists, 
and songwriters and producers across 700 popular songs from 2012 to 2018. And so they, they had been doing their research for a while, but I believe it was because of this 2018 Grammys that they really got to work and then put out this report. And it, w it really alarmed me. So the stats that I have in the report that I want to report to you are 2% of producers are female. 12% of songwriters are female and 21% of females are artists. 44% of artists are people of color. However, only four producers out of 871 women of color are producers. Um, and men obviously dominate the charts. 10.4% of Grammy nominees from 2013 to 2019 were female. So, okay, so after reading all of these stats, it was kind of like an explosion went off and I had to get to work immediately. So I went to a concert for a friend of mine and Lucy Kalantari and her son, I brought my daughter and they happened to be in the audience and we all went out to lunch afterwards and I had this idea brewing but no songs written and I leaned across the table because I felt really secretive of this idea because I, I just, I, I wasn't sure about it. And, and I said, Lucy, you know, I'm kind of thinking about doing this for an album. What do you think? And she was like, well, <laughs> I've really wanted to produce somebody. And I was like, well, I'm looking for a female producer. So it was kind of this really big moment. And we had no idea where it was going to go, but that's how it started. And then a little bit later, I attended a Grammy event and Emily Lazar was there. Um, she was uh, doing a talk for, for uh, producers and engineers and she's an incredible mastering engineer. And the moment I saw her, I was like, I need to have her involved. So she was really the second person I was thinking about. Um, but then, I mean, it, it, I started collecting different people and different women from across the country that I wanted to sing. And, and Lucy really did an incredible job on getting women from across the country to sing, but also the band, because I have to be honest, I did not know any female drummers. I did not know very many female bass players. I just, I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm guilty as everybody else. But I think the, a really big thing that we all need to do is to do the work. And if you don't know, ask somebody who does. And that's what I did. And Lucy helped get a wonderful band together, a fiddle player, you know, a cello, um, drummer, percussionists, everything. So that was, that was a really big thing. We should mention that Lucy Kalantari is an award-winning, a Grammy award-winning children's musician from Brooklyn, right? Yes, she is, and she's fantastic and a, a, a dream to work with. Um, she's calm and very precise and detail-oriented and fantastic musician. She engineered the album. She produced the album. She arranged all the songs. She wrote all of the parts. Um, and, and she really did such an incredible job uh, getting a well-rounded, diverse list of women to be included on the album. So um, her, the person who mixed her Grammy award-winning album, um, Denise Barbarita, um, with Mona Lisa Studios, she mixed mine as well. And then, of course, I mentioned Emily Lazar. And then the, the vocalists on the album are Lisa Loeb, uh, Carly Shirashi, um, Sonia De Los Santos, Lori Enriquez, Polly Hall, Amelia Robinson, Tina Kenny Jones, Susie Shelton, Edie Carey, Chava Morel, 
uh, Kyler England and Vered Benharim. The instrumentalists are Nellie Rocha on cello, um, Kaylin Bryant on bass. She plays upright and electric throughout the album. Um, Lucy Wettenauer, um, fiddle, and Rosie Avila on drums, Lucy Brigantino, acoustic guitar and djembe, and Lisette Santiago on bongos and shaker. And then, of course, my photographer is Meredith Trucks, and I even have a graphic designer, Gabrielle. She's incredible. She's worked on all of my albums in the past. And my album artist is Samantha Hahn. I think that's everybody. <laughs> Sounds like an amazing team. You also have a daughter. How old is your daughter? Five going on 15, for real. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you see statistics like that, the ones that you alerted us to, and you think about your daughter, what message do you think that sends to your daughter and other young girls, young women? Well, the message of the album as uh, of a whole, I mean, I, I guess it's a little bit of a, a protest album, if you will. I mean, it is a folk album, and I put this album out as a protest album for the music industry. Like, everybody hold on a second here. We have to hire more women, and it's not just having, like, one female singer. You know, I don't want, like, the token woman. I want... I want there to be like a female drummer and 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 also that translates further than just the recording the album it also is who's on that lineup that festival lineup and who's getting played on the radio and who's in those top 10 lists i mean and, and it's so important to have representation especially in an industry that for the most part really is dominated by white men my daughter she's very aware of of women not um, having representation across all industries. Um, the, the example that I will use is we listen to Hamilton a lot, and she knows every word to Hamilton. And um, she loves the female songs, and she really just resonates when she he hears female voices. But, you know, it was very funny because she was talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda, and she, she thinks that he is Alexander Hamilton. Like, there is no doubt in her mind that, that Alexander Hamilton is a Latino male. Like, <laughs> that, that's just the way that she thinks. But so I showed her the pictures of, of him and, and then all of the presidents as well. And the first thing that she said, I think she was maybe four at the time, was, there are no women. Why are they all white? Like, she just picks up on things like that. So representation does matter. There are 11 songs on this album, each with a very important message. I want to talk about some of them. Let's start with the title track, All the Ladies. What's the point that song is making? Lift me up, lift me up. Don't bring me down. I'll lift you up. When I wrote All the Ladies, I wanted to make sure that there was a song on there that was about lifting each other up and not bringing each other down. Because I think, because women are always vying for this one spot, right? We, there's not enough room, and it's not in fashion to have so many women on the top. Um, we're getting better, but you know, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, when there were nine, like when there are nine, um, when she was asked, when will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? Well, all of us are working so hard to get that spot that oftentimes we are competitive, as we should be, but we always need to think about the fact that if one woman succeeds, we all succeed. And if one woman makes it, 
then that will have a trickle-down effect and more women will succeed in the future. So it's really important for us instead of trying to break down that woman and to, um, you know, to say terrible things about that person. Instead, we should be lifting her up and then lifting all of us up. And I think that's a lesson I have acquired with age because I know as a younger person, I felt that too, you know, like, oh, I should have gotten that. You know, she wasn't deserving. But now I really felt, I really feel like I've made a huge change in my entire mental process. When a female succeeds, I am so happy, you know, really happy for that. I've got your back, will you have mine? mine. You mentioned RBG, and there is a song on the album about the late Supreme Court Justice. Ruth was born in Brooklyn in 1933. No one could have thought that she'd grow up to be their fiery, clever justice donning the jabot fighting for equality dissenting, saying no It's a little bit of a, a journey of her life starting from where she came from and how she was only one of a few women in her law school class like 500 men and just a couple handful of women at that time and um, so I, I just felt like she was the perfect woman to have on the album to really signify equality. And of course, RBG demonstrates to young girls that you can grow up to be a Supreme Court justice and really anything that you want. And speaking of anything, there's a song on the album called Anything that reinforces that young girls can be anything they want to be. I want to be an author. I want to be an English teacher. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a shopkeeper. I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a marine biologist. I want to be a singer. I want to be on Broadway. I want to be an abstract artist. I want to be a scientist. Don't let anybody tell you you can be what you want. It's so important for females to see that there are female scientists out there. There are, you know, we have a vice president who is going to be our vice president. She's female. I mean, this is incredible. And, and my daughter, she is so thrilled for Kamala Harris to be our vice president. And so these are the things that the more women are that are put into these positions of power um, and, and put into strong, important conversations and included in those conversations, the more women will in the future and and will feel empowered as young girls. And I think that that's incredibly important. So that's what anything is about. All of the different uh, vocations and, um, and jobs that people can have as they grow older. A scientist, lawyer, inventor. Sometimes it can be hard in a society that promotes so many unrealistic beauty standards to see the beauty in ourselves, and you have a song on the album that addresses that as well. You know we all look different, you can see it on the outside, you don't know it's on the inside, so I hope you'll get to know me, every woman has a history. 
This song I think you're referring to is beautiful. Um, that's actually sung by Lucy Kalantari. I should mention, while, while I mention that, that a lot of the songs in the album are not sung by me, they're sung by many other women. So um, this one, I, I actually wrote it as an upbeat, kind of driving guitar song. And then when I presented it to Lucy, she was like, I feel that this one is more of a ballad. And she played the piano beautifully and sang on this track. And it's the, the lyrics are, you know, we all look different. We can see it from the outside, but what matters is on the inside. And I want, I want you to know me. And it's not only about women and, and what's on the inside, but it's about what we look like, body image, skin color. That's all wrapped up into this song called Beautiful. Beautiful, just the way you are. As we mentioned, you're a single mom, five-year-old daughter. What would you say are the biggest challenges of single motherhood? And what's your advice for women who are struggling in that role? In some ways, single parenting, while it's hard at times, very challenging at times, in many ways, at least for me, it's a lot easier um, than parenting in a very difficult marriage. I think, you know, people think about the best family structure for everybody um, universally is, you know, two parents and a kid and a, a dog and a fence. But I don't think that's realistic for every family, surely not in America. We, we see all different types of families. For me, being one-on-one -on -one with my daughter is, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's, it's difficult sometimes because obviously sharing 50-50 custody, half of the time she's not with me. We do FaceTime every night when she's not, but, you know, obviously that's not the same. But it does allow me to have this creativity time where I'm actually able to focus on my work and my craft and in the before times when I was touring <laughs> that was also and I would plan my tours around having my daughter on particular weekends and then when she comes back to me I am the most present parent and I'm able to have that rest and then I'll be able to be with her one-on-one -on -one mentally and I'm just I'm there and we have the best time so I, it is for me it is a really good structure and, and I'm very lucky to have this um, but it is difficult it, it, I wrote this song called Rosie Darling which is on the album about the separation and it was early on um, in the separation before I was divorced and it's about taking a trip um, with her we went camping we went to Vermont uh, to, to visit my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew at the time and it was kind of like this moment where I looked back in the rearview mirror and I saw her just like blissfully in the back seat just like singing along to a song you know that we had on the radio and it just automatically made me feel just so happy that we were on our own and and there was no complexity, there was no fighting, you know, it was just happiness. The car is all packed, I'm sitting in the back and we're making faces in the rear view. We're singing that song about getting along, I'm so glad it's just me and you. I won't get into the handful of reasons why we're now a party. 
that's what that song is about. And now I'm crying. <laughs> a few songs on the album address motherhood in a variety of ways. You mentioned Rosie Darling. There's For You. There's Lioness, which reflects on the fierce animal instincts of a mother as told from a mama to her cub. <laughs> protect you I will keep you safe you don't have to worry I'm loyal and I'm brave actually I went on safari for my honeymoon um, in Tanzania and so when I was there I became fascinated with lion culture and so I I didn't really know that much about lions and uh, why would I? It's not like I see lions all the time, but I, I started becoming really interested in them and I did some research and, you know, the female lions, lioness, they not only are the nurturers of the cubs and, and making sure that they're safe, but they also are the hunters and they're the ones that go out at night and hunt. So I felt that was really interesting because as a single mother, especially, you know, I do everything. I'm I'm the hunter. I'm the gatherer. I'm the, the financial provider. I'm um, the nurturer. And so when I, I think originally the cover of my album before I decided to make it um, like a, a more inclusive design of all of the women included, I wanted my face to be morphed into a lion. And that actually I never went through with it. But that was I felt like the lioness is the strongest kind of fierce mama song on the album. And then the other song you mentioned, For You, that's actually a song that I wrote about loss because I, um, I actually suffered three miscarriages before I had my daughter. And so when I wrote that song structurally, I wanted it to have kind of like a never ending circle going from verse to chorus. And so the sentence actually never stops. It's, it, you'd have to listen to this song, but um, I talk about her heartbeat being the sound that saves me and all I need is you. And, and then it just keeps going. Like it, the sentence, it's never ends. You'll have to listen to really understand what I'm talking about. Simple, but it's true. Joni, how do you approach tackling such adult issues in your music in a way that is child-friendly? I don't shy away from adult issues um, in my music or in my own home, actually, with my daughter. I mean, we, we talk about everything. We have conversations about racism, death, slavery, indigenous people, the homeless. I mean, everything, divorce, we talk about a lot. Um, and we've really been talking about that since she was two, ever since she was able to first communicate. Um, I don't think it's about shying away from content as it is more about the way that that content is served. And I don't think that, you know, it needs to be explained in a way that's age appropriate, obviously. 
Um, and I think Mr. Rogers is somebody that I find incredibly inspiring who did that years ago. I grew up watching Mr. Rogers and, you know, he tackled big issues all of the time and he did it in a very nurturing age appropriate way. So I strive to do the same thing in my music. Um, and hopefully that comes across that way. I, I believe it does. <laughs> All the Ladies has now received its own Grammy nomination for Best Children's Album, but that category is not without controversy because all of the nominees are white. Now, some of the nominees have had their work pulled from consideration. Your album is still in the category up for consideration. What are your thoughts around all of this, Joni? Yes, well, it's certainly an emotionally charged and very complicated conversation, um, but it has been a real education to be a part of it all. It's not the experience that I imagined it would be for my first nomination, but I really do admire my friends. We're all friends, all the nominees, <laughs> um, for taking a stand as white males in the music industry and bringing attention to the obvious imbalance, both for the BIPOC community, but also for females. You know, each one of us needed to come to a decision that we felt was appropriate for ourselves as artists. And we came to our individual decisions by collectively having conversations together. Um, we, we met in Zoom, we talked several times over the phone. Um, so yeah, the, the, sh the sheer fact that All the Ladies is such a unique nomination as it was produced by you know, a, fem a female Latina woman and filled with women from different backgrounds that undoubtedly factored into my decision in staying on the ballot. Um, and, you know, as a female on some level, I can sympathize with the racial uh, inequality struggle because as a female, we have our own gender equality struggle. And it, it really was a wake-up call when the nominations were announced to see clearly the lack of representation both racially and with gender. But we've seen this for many years. Um, but I do, I do think that racial and gender inequality should not be in conflict with one another. Um, they're in tandem, as with all intersectionality struggles. And what's most important is that children must be, they must be exposed to a variety of perspectives and identities. And I wholeheartedly support that. And you know, the music industry and the children's genre has historically been overwhelmingly and disturbingly <laughs> dominated by white male voices. There's another song that we didn't talk about earlier that I'd like you to tell us about before we wrap up, because why not go out with a smash, as in smashing, as in smashing glass ceilings. The name of the song is Glass Ceilings. From the moment you're born, little girl, pretty you're so precious aren't you a darling so Chava Morel um, Seattle based artist she is the incredible singer I'm singing her harmonies on this song um, and glass ceilings is all about it, all of this like our entire conversation women being elevated women being put into positions of power um, Kamala Harris becoming our vice president you know this is this is so important for little girls and not just 
girls, but every gender, to see women being elevated because the more that we see it, the more it will happen. And so I read an article in The Guardian um, when my daughter, I think it was the year my daughter was born, and it really, really resonated with me. And it was called Four Reasons Not to Call Not to Call Your Daughter Pretty. I believe that I may be a word off on that quote. But it, it really is trying to tell parents and people um, to not focus on what the girl looks like, what the young child or the baby looks like, but really what they're doing, because that's what people do to young boys you know oh look how smart he is and they you know but for girls it's oh you're so pretty and so I think that it's words are important and words matter and so that's what glass ceilings is all about I love what you're up to I know you can do it journey leads an absolute pleasure thank you so much thank you so much for having me I know you don't need a night shining arm You can learn more about singer-songwriter Joni Leeds and her work at JoniLeeds.com. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Bolarki. Our producer is Maddie Bristow. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>